and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is someone i've been down to talk to my friend creative someone with a pretty interesting story that i can't wait to get into <laughs> jennifer thanks for coming to the sanctuary hi. today hi thank you so much for having me yeah i mean i guess you know i i love starting from where it starts but mm-hmm. this is even way before this part of your journey started and years ago um you had a very um devastating accident that pretty much took your life in a different trajectory you want to talk a bit about it yeah yeah of course i'd love to um when i was 25 i was uh driven off a cliff by a drunk driver he overcorrected and i went off a cliff and went through the windshield and landed on the ground and my automobile (laughs) landed on top of me and cut off my left leg, um, crushed 80% of my body. I was underneath the car for about an hour before a tow truck had to come across the Chattahoochee River to uh, pull me off, get the car off my body. But I had a 5% chance of living. Um, I went into surgeries that night, you know, that morning, and uh, I've had 33 major surgeries. I had to go back to Utah. I'm, I'm originally from Utah. I'm in Georgia now, but the accident was here in Georgia, and I flew back home to live in my parents' house and stay in a hospital bed and go to the University of Utah for all my surgeries. So it, it took me about 10 years, 10 years to get all the surgeries done and get walking and start going to college. It, it was, it was really, really traumatic. <laughs> yeah. I no, I mean, it. I remember you told me this story and I kept thinking, you know, like 10 years going through this, all the mm-hmm. surgeries, all the experiences. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a part of you that's like, just give up. What, what kept you going? Well, um, my family, kept me going. They are my life, my source, my inspiration. They were very supportive of me and, you know, my faith in the Lord and God. I have a really strong faith. So that kept me going. I never thought I was going to die. You know, the doctors would say they weren't sure if I was going to walk again or this one might be iffy. She might not survive. She might. But I always felt in my mind that I was going to survive it. I was going to beat it. I felt strength in me that I never felt before, and I uh, got back on my feet and started living my life after something that a lot of people want to live through, and I'm very grateful and very blessed. I mean, you took that 5% and you turned it to 100% because you're here, (laughs) you did school. Yeah. I, I mean, how was the schooling like after that? Because you Uh, had to, I mean, stay out of school for years and years, right? Yeah, right. Yes. Well, I was actually 25, so I was already, you know, a high school graduate. And then when I got towards, I was about, I started to walk when I was 31, 32, and I enrolled in college. I thought, this is going to be a new start for me. I need a good job. I need a degree. And so I went to college and it was hard because I was, you know, 32 and a lot of the people on the campus were 19, 18. Um, I was in a wheelchair, most of it. I was in a walker, you know, the rest of it. And college was really difficult for me, I think, because 
you know, I hadn't been in school for a while and I didn't know what I wanted to do and I knew I liked to talk. And so I went into communications and uh, I majored mostly in with an emphasis in public relations because I really like that aspect of communications. And uh, I worked for, uh, I was an intern for an advertising agency and I was really enjoying it. And then when I graduated, I went to the doctors to see how my back was because it was painful. And I, he told me that I'd broken my back in four places and I'd broken that maybe in the past year or a year ago. I was walking around campus on my walker with a broken back, but I decided I wanted to get that diploma before I went to the doctor and saw what the problem was. And I found mm-hmm. out it was broken. So I went through another 12-hour surgery and lots of hardware in my back and got it fused and all that. And then I had to, uh, six months, go into a rehab, you know, kind of learn how to walk again and learn how to my use my body again with my back. And mm. so that took me away from advertising. That took me away from my internship. And I had to leave the state of Utah and I moved back to Georgia. And I really didn't pursue my public relations career after that, which is a big mistake. I really should have gotten back into it. And I could have been great right now. You know, I could have been a big, you know, public relations star. So, you know, I, I do regret that I should have got right on the the bandwagon and got back into my career. But I, I was really kind of just getting back into my life. I hadn't really lived since I was 25. And I wanted to see what my options were. But I should have jumped back into my career. Definitely. And what were some of the options you checked out? Well, um, I really, I liked marketing. So I kind of stayed in that area, marketing, advertising, uh, wanted to do some crisis management, um, just kind of looked around and I really didn't seem to find anything I wanted. And so I kind of just started working little part-time jobs, trying to get myself actually back into work, you know, um, seeing how I could do standing up and for long shifts. And, you know, at that point I, I couldn't lift more than 20 pounds. You know, the doctor mm-hmm. said, don't ever lift more than 20 pounds. You don't have the bones and you're being held together pretty much by a metal frame. So I was really, I had some limitations. So that kind of held me back. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then, I mean, I guess the the word, whatever I think of you is just resilience, right? You know, through mm-hmm. that resilience, you push through, yes. build a life for yourself, build a career for yourself. And mm-hmm. then you started this journey a couple of years ago. How mm-hmm. did it start? And I'm curious to find out. Well, um, when I was probably around 46, 47, I hadn't dated in so long. I had never had a relationship since I was in my 20s. Um, so I started to get into dating sites and went out with a couple of men and they were telling me I was extremely sexy and very beautiful. And, you know, five years ago, I never took a selfie of myself. I avoided the camera, never really thought I was, you know, pretty or anything like that. So I start getting some comments like that. And so I'm like, well, I, I want to check it out. I really want to check it out. I do like the BDSM community. I like the Dom sub relationship. I think that that is really intimate and very, it's a cherished relationship. So I thought maybe I'll try that. So I joined Fat Life and um, 
learned how that system worked, you know, all the ins and out of fat life, all the fun stuff. And um, I really wasn't that active, you know, just kind of still looking and responding to messages. That was about it. And I'd been on Fat Life for about six months when um, a gentleman approached me, messaged me, and he excited me from the get-go. I think it was the way he talked to me, the way he was very controlling and very strict and kind of told me how I'm going to live my life according to him. And I thought, nobody has ever talked to me like this before. This is kind of exciting, you know? And uh, so he said, um, I'm going to have you move in with me. We are going to be my sub 24-7 and uh, I'm going to marry you. And I want a BBC whore for a wife. And I had never been with a black man in my life. And uh, I really wanted this man. For some reason, the connection was just instant with him. And he was very unique to me. And so I thought, okay, this is a new life. This is a new chapter. I'm going to go for it. So I started to message men on FetLife and, you know, asking if they were interested and, you know, a partner. And they say, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, where, when, what time, you know, what he wanted was videos from me. You know, he wanted me okay. to sleep with BBC and make plenty of videos and show him. And that was the only thing he really demanded of me. No tasks, no aftercare, none of the stuff you hear about that happens in a dom-sub relationship. I didn't know his last name. I never saw his face. We never talked on the phone. I went with my gut on this. I'm thinking, this man is too good to be true. But after my accident, I was told I was meant for something great. And I thought, you know, maybe this was it. Maybe I survived my accident to have a fantastic future with an amazing man. And I started to, a mm. um, little bit about him. Uh, he, he said he's from Las Vegas and that he was a plastic surgeon and that he owned a couple restaurants. I know I sound like a gold digger here, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> but the, the, that kind of position as a, a surgeon is very sexy. Very, you know, very sexy. And um, so I thought, I'm going to move to Las Vegas. How am I going to tell my mother? You know, I mean, I'm like doing all this thinking, I'm this man is going to be my life. And he told me he worked 15-hour shifts at the hospital and owning two restaurants. He was extremely busy. And therefore, that's why we never had an opportunity to meet. And he didn't have a lot of time to talk to me and... So he would email me. That was our only form of communication was through email. And uh, he would email at me a couple times, two or three times a month, really. Not that much. Sometimes it'd be a lot more. Sometimes it would be, but I really didn't talk to him a lot. And that's why I really didn't want to lose him. I thought we don't have a lot of communication. I didn't need to be the best sub I can be so I can win this man over. So I, I slept mm. with quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of men and made, uh, posted all my videos and things like that. And, um, that's in a nutshell about the, uh, the man, the Dom. What, 
was I guess his uh, the feedback you get when you deliver the um, videos and stuff? Well, he would say, oh, I'm proud of you. You did a good job. Um, he n- never really said I was beautiful or stunning like I hear all the time. And that's that was also kind of charming to me. That's also why I was attracted to him. He didn't flower me with compliments. So I um, really tried hard to send him beautiful videos and do such a good job. And he would from time to time say, I want better videos. I want better pictures. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm doing all this on my own here, mm. you know, and he was, he was not that nice to me. And that also was something that I was drawn to for some reason. I don't know. The whole thing is a mystery, but, mm. um, and then, want, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And then well, there was like, there, it sounds like there is a, but right. Yes, there is a but. Yeah. Um, we talked for about two and a half years. So yeah, I never met him, talked to him on the phone, saw his face in two and a half years. I mean, he did was he would send me a picture and say, this is me. And I thought, oh, mm. great. Now I know who I'm talking to, you know, or I'm doing these things for. Um, mm-hmm. But we, so we talked for about two and a half years. And then um, the first part of October, I went out. Friday had a man, Saturday had a man, Sunday had a man. I really wanted this man. I really wanted to impress him. So I lost some weight and I wanted Mm. to look good. So I went out and had a great weekend. And Sunday night, I posted the videos and um, a message came in from a man. It was a black man. And he said, wow, whore, really impressive. I'd like you to suck my cock in front of your daddy. But his picture, his profile picture was a picture of Vegas that my dom had on his page. So I clicked oh. on the, the the picture and pulled up the page and I read through all the comments he made, the stories, his writings, things like that. It was him. It was my dom. And um, he was a black man. And he lied about everything. And, Mm. um, you know, I was just really overwhelmed. I was in shell shock. Like, what's going on? You know, who are you? Mm. Um, But I did find out that he um, does have pages where he goes from being a white man to a black man to a white man to a black man. And he kind of does this to the women on Fat Life, and mm. you know, I don't know if the women will do exactly what I did. You know, I don't think anybody would do that um, without meeting someone, but I did it, and I trusted him, and you know, I learned. I learned. Mm. I mean, did you confront him right away? What, what happened? Um, I well, because we didn't really talk. I what I did mm. is I responded. I'm like, oh my god. You, you, um, you bullshitted me this whole time. And, um, he never responded to me. And so I reached out to him probably a month ago and I emailed him and I said, listen, I said, it didn't matter to me if you were a white man or a black man. I was drawn to you, the way you talked to me, the way Mm -hmm. you made me feel about myself, the confidence you gave me. 
mm-hmm. the motivation. I mean, I would have never have hooked up with strangers in hotel rooms. You know, that's just not the kind of person I am. But yeah, I had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. I really liked the guys I, I met. They were wonderful. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we would drink and have a good time and, you know, and then the guys would be like, you know, you're just too much fun. Let's just go ahead and, and, uh, party on. And I'm like, listen, I'm here for a task. I got something to do. Let me secure a video. Let me secure video and then we'll kill the bottle. Okay. You know, so, right, right. but I mean, it's, it was all confidence building. And I really, when I look back at the whole situation, I don't regret any of the things I did. It, made me who I am today. And I'm made me pretty confident. And, uh, but I regret the reasoning behind it. And I wish he would have just, you know, been honest with me. So when I emailed him, you know, who are you? Why did you make up this man? Why did you say you were a plastic surgeon? Why did you, you know, why, why, why? And he just responded, you are a BBC whore. Don't stop you know, didn't even answer any of the things I, I questioned. And, but he came back with more advice. Keep sleeping with black men in 2024. (laughs) Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, it's done. We're blocked. What was the last you heard from him or? Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. Yep. And I guess, what is your process for healing? Because you you invested so much in that relationship, and then it turned out it wasn't what you expected. Like, yeah. how are you taking care of yourself? How are you healing from that experience? Learning, growing, learning all of the mistakes I made. Because I was new to Fet Life, I'd never known that kind of level of deception before. I was very naive, very trusting. What I have learned from the whole situation is I am a good person. I'm a great sub. I'm loyal, I'm devoted, and I do what I'm told to do. So I'm mm. I'm quality. And I wouldn't have been able to say that two and a half years ago. He mm. brought something out in me that I love, you know? And so what I did learn is that, you know, I'm going to be more wise, smarter, do my research, Google image pictures, um, don't believe anybody the first time they say it. Um, I'm very cautious now. I'm very cautious. I get um, a lot of inbox email, you know, messages in my inbox. And I really don't respond to a lot of them. I read them, but I don't. I'm just very cautious. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm scared. But I think I'm I'm being smart. I think I'm being real smart now and uh, looking out for me. You have to take care of yourself, especially after such an experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I have to take care of myself. Um, and then the other thing is that, you know, you, you have a huge follower count. So how are you even managing that? How did you get those numbers so high? I do not know. I do not know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, I'll look at my page and it's gone up a hundred followers in a day. And I'm like, <laughs> so then I wondered, does somebody have my name on a bathroom wall somewhere? Or is there like <laughs> some kind of ad out there to hit me up? Because yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I just started out and then, but it's funny because ever since uh, I discovered that he didn't exist and I was on my own, I I gotten 2500 followers in like 3 months. It just 
boomed. And I, I mm. think a lot of people like who I am. A lot of people message me and say, I like your style. I, you know who you are. You know what you want. I've never talked to him before in my life. How do you know that about me? So I give that image that <laughs> I get that. I give off that image that I have it together, you know, and uh, I think people just want to know who I am. I think, you know, and I, I might be wrong, but I'm thinking if you had such an experience and you had 5% of surviving mm-hmm. and you made it true and you've built a life for yourself, it's like whatever life throws are you, it's a piece of cake compared to everything you've <laughs> eaten so yes. far. So I think yes. that plays a role in it. Exactly. When you start out with the worst situation that could happen, you know, going off a cliff, going through a windshield, having a car crush your body, all that and surviving, you know, I'm here for something. I am. And, Mm. uh, I was naive to think it was a man, but it's, I'm here for me. Whatever's going to happen to me, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, I mean, you know, and usually, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when someone has such an experience, they usually just back away from everything, but you're not. <sighs> Why? No. Because, um, well, I used to be very shy when I was, before the accident. I was shy and uh, guarded, but ever since I learned that I could survive death, bring it on. You know, I mean, I'm I'm out there. I need to see what life is about. I got a second chance and I'm going to see what this world can provide for me and give me. I just want to laugh every day and just be the best person I can be. And that, that all comes Mm. from the accident. That all comes from the accident. Um, But um, yeah, I don't think that there's much that can scare me after that. True. Um, So (laughs) what advice would you have for someone that's, uh, I guess, building, um, a relationship online? Oh, I have uh, the advice to tell people that do anything online. The internet is a very scary place. Um, probably m- more than half are fake, are scammers. Um, when you do start getting online and start looking for a relationship, don't give out personal information. Don't give out your phone number. Don't give out your address. Um, Be kind of general about yourself until you can feel like you can talk on the phone. Um, Google image pictures, um, research, Google their name, uh, find out everything you can about that person and um, do your research. Don't be a fool, you know, because um, I wasted two and a half years of my time well, not really. I mean, two and a half years of my life, I've really achieved a lot, but I wasted my time with uh, a figment of my imagination. And I don't want anybody to go through that. So please, if you go online, look for a relationship, build trust, and then find out everything you can and meet them right away. I mean, if you wait, you know, then it fades. So uh, jump on the opportunities that you find and have fun, but um, be safe and don't give out any money. <laughs> don't give anybody <laughs> any money. <laughs> and certainly don't sleep with men for them, okay? So. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Jennifer, it's always brilliant talking to well, you. Uh, thank you for sharing so much of yourself and, and thank you for coming oh. to the sanctuary today. Oh, my pleasure, Israel. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Mm-hmm.